for Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Coming to the end of July, so Michelle Heffernan from Bring the Beat and Jolene Murphy from Beat News are here to look back on a month that hasn't been the greatest when it comes to news. A <laughs> uh, lot of stuff going on. Climate anxiety. I definitely have climate anxiety. Um, ticket anxiety. And of course, this week we heard of the death of Sinead O'Connor. We start quickly with Sinead because lots has been said about her, but... The more I read about Sinead O'Connor, the more I realise how ahead of her time she was. If she yes. was saying some of the things mm. that she said in the 90s right now, there wouldn't be the booing and the no. hissing. No, I kind of feel a bit let down in the way that I was brought up with Sinead O'Connor because I thought of her in a negative way, mm. but not deliberately because it's what was surrounded. Yeah. And I was... I'm not, I'm not saying my family reared me, but everywhere that I was like, oh, Sinead O'Connor, it was a mm-hmm. bad thing. Mm-hmm. And the, unfortunately, our passing, it's brought to light all of the fantastic things like with any death. It's looking back at the great times and she was so ahead of her time. Really it was. actually is fascinating. Um, I suppose we grew up kind of around the same mm. time. And again, Sinead O'Connor wasn't a musical influence in my mm. house but she was parodied like my first exposure to Sinead O'Connor was Father Ted mm-hmm. and oh, when yes. they brought in that girl who yeah. was yeah. you know like yeah. um, yeah, being asked about her bra mm. and you know like yeah. kind of talking about Tiernan and Ogue and stuff and it was this whole idea of like oh there's your one who thinks she's uh-huh. a priestess you know um, I read her memoir last year I heard it so was brilliant it, yeah but it's also a very harrowing read okay. I actually have to take a break from it and it made me realise how little I knew mm-hmm. about her and how so much of her narrative have been left out, mm-hmm. you know, and like that, like I've talked about Taylor being reduced to her narrative mm-hmm. before Sinead was the same and she was reduced to these kind of bold things that she had done. But she lived such a tough life. Mm. Like she truly was a warrior. I oh, think. she really did. But I, I do think when it comes to celebrity and I, I, I by no means think that Sinead O'Connor set out to be a celebrity, but I do, uh, when someone becomes very well known you do usually just know them for one aspect of, of their life, you yeah, know, unless yeah. you're a super fan. Yeah, and you, for me, yeah. it was the, the the photo of the Pope. Like, yeah. That was that was the biggest thing in our household. Yeah. Not that we ever talked about it. And, and it's only now that I've seen that add-on story that yeah. when she went to perform then in New York a few weeks later, how booed oh, she, she was, was booed. and yeah. Chris Christopherson came out and st- stood beside her, even though he was told to get her off the stage. And, you know, all these stories that we hear but about even, people after their death, But When she got pregnant... Very young, mm. like, and she had just been signed. The record label more or less told her to go and get rid of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, she just was consistently doing things for herself rather than for public approval. Uh-huh. And God knows we, we could all, all learn a bit. We from could that. all learn from that. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, she really it really didn't bother her being cancelled mm. because mm-hmm. she wasn't in her opinion, out there to get mm-hmm. approval or mm-hmm. to be famous. Yeah. Um, so I do hope that she's at peace. Yeah, then. don't we all? Yeah. Um, so very sad news this week about Sinead O'Connor. And one thing that I really noticed from lots of different radio stations is that we don't refer to as Sinead O'Connor. She's just referred to as Sinead, mm-hmm. which just shows... But also, didn't she give herself another name? Yes, you know, she did. Too, um, yeah. So, yeah. and I don't know how to pronounce no, it, no. you know, so... So rest in peace rest to Sinead. Um, will we talk about climate anxiety and everything? Of course, myself and Jolene are very involved with this ours climate anxiety. I'm going to put my hands up to it since we started ours to protect. And again, growing up in a society where in CSPE we were taught about acid rain oh, yes. yeah. and you know little things like yeah, that were going to affect us. And now we're surrounded by all of the cy- recycling banks, where you know the plug in your electric bike banks, and you know here's another tip that you can do to cut your carbon footprint. Um, 
I am absolutely terrified and I feel so, so sorry for all of the people in Europe that are going through the wildfires. Mm. I think if we were over there now, there is this obnoxious ignorance for people who are flying over to the to, to say the likes of Spain to the heat. And they're like, oh, I'm going to come back with a great colour and ooh, isn't it great? I'm going to go get some heat. It's 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 actually debilitating. It's killing people. Mm. Um, it's yeah. very frightening. And I just hope that there's no more casualties from it. Um, a, a plane crashed um, a few days ago um, by two people who were trying to put out a fire on a hill. And just as they turned, they crashed in trying wow. to save people's lives and the fires... As of a couple of days ago, it's obviously rising. 10% of the land of roads has been burned. Wow. And it takes over two to three years for any of the burnt agriculture and biodiversity to come back to a place like that. So that's just devastated. And, yeah. you know, people have went on, went on holidays, been evacuated. There's over 30,000 people at, and it's growing constantly. It's frightening. And it people should know about it and talk about it. Yes, and that's why we were making Hours mm. to Protect, which is on at 8.30pm. Every Wednesday here on Beat 102 and 03 and we repeat it here on the Sunday Grill as well. And what I'm learning from that, because I am filled with climate anxiety, I have to say, is that you can do really small things. And, mm-hmm. and this week, even on, on next Wednesday, our next episode is about some of those small things that you can do, like turning your car off when you're sitting in it, looking at Instagram, which I'm terrible for. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel or about even... it? Do you get a little bit... Oh, Panicked. absolutely. I yeah. mean, I was going to go to Rhodes last year Were on you? a holiday. Now mm. I went to Crete instead. But looking now at the temperatures, and I was even discussing this with what a colleague. Are, so I don't know the temperatures. Over the 40, Over 45. 45. So when well. I was in Crete last year, it was about 31 degrees max during the day. It's now 41 degrees at 8pm at night. Wow. Isn't that insane? Insane. You know? And I was in Croatia where it was 30 degrees and I, like at 7am in the morning I couldn't sit outside and have a coffee. You know, and just to match 40. that, in the US then the Death Valley is, is over 50 degrees wow. now. It's gotten to people, um, those living on the streets have um, third degree burns. They've also died from this exposure to the direct light um, to, to uh, pavements that are on fire, essentially. The unfortunate thing is, you know, it's it's not a simple solution. No. You know, Um if a farmer has to choose between feeding his family and mm-hmm. staying alive yeah. and meeting green targets, uh-huh. you can bet on the one that he's going to choose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so. And if you can I go to Dublin twice a week, I cannot get transport that brings yeah. me to Dublin. At the th- it'll get me there early in the morning. I'm fine with that, but it cannot get me home again. So I know. at a time that I need to be home. So, so I don't know what It's good that you're focusing there. on. I think it's important to remember that the little things do matter. They really do. Even if it's doing a cold wash. That was one that I learned from hours to protect. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, um, <laughs> it still cleans my clothes. Yeah. And hey. it uses so much less energy, you mm-hmm. know, so. Mm-hmm. Keep cups forever, eh? And um, will we move on to another anxiety now, Michelle, <laughs> brace yourself. <laughs> this is ticket anxiety and it's been a long time since I've bought a concert ticket. <laughs> don't ask me why. Um... I just don't get this new codes thing. Everywhere I went this week it was about Coldplay codes. My friend sent me a text and she was sitting something like 17,000 in a queue for Coldplay. 17,000 is good. So there was, was 170,000 I saw. Well, another, well, just yeah. explain the codes really quickly. So as far as I understand the codes are given out in order to deal with the excess traffic on okay. the website. So it's to prevent the website from crashing. But what does it do? Well, what the code does is it limits the amount of people who can log on. Okay. So, so if, you don't before, get a code, if you don't get a code it's you all cannot over. go on Ticketmaster okay. and you can't give your code to someone else okay. and you can't you know, reuse the code five times. It has to be linked to the Ticketmaster account that was selected for mm. a code. Um, but they continue to give out more codes than there are tickets. 
which means that you'll still I don't understand how something like 170,000 codes were given out if that's not the amount of tickets available and how do you get the code you have to register in advance of the concert you know so if you do and then before that there's pre-sale tickets because your whole Taylor experience meant that in the end you got pre-sale so I think what Taylor did was maybe a little bit better in that the only people who had access to pre-sale were the people who had pre-ordered her recent album so she was rewarding her loyal fans Mm. I think with Coldplay, anyone could register for pre-sale. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. Yeah. You know, um, I don't understand why they didn't do slots with Coldplay like they did with Taylor. Like Taylor had slots for 11, 1 and 3 for each of the days. With Coldplay, it seemed to be the case that everyone mm. logged on at 10 o'clock. And then as it continued to not be able to cope with the traffic, extra dates were announced. Okay. Um, and which cre- the, the, even created more anxiety. Yeah, you know, like I felt, I wonder how that must have felt for a person who you know, felt, okay, I'm not going to get tickets by one o'clock and then found out that someone else got them at three yeah. o'clock. They're gone are the days of queuing up outside White's Why and Wexford. Why can't they do that anymore? You know, I remember queuing for Smashing Pumpkins tickets and I was third in, oh, cl- in line and yeah. I was so excited that uh-huh. I got them and you get this buzz and it's sensational but there's constant fear with all these colds. And can you not do that anymore? You cannot, no I don't think there are any retail tickets and uh, I feel that I could a, be wrong, a certain amount should be given definitely. because, you know, there are people who okay, I'm not advising that anyone sleep the night um, no, but outside even to, to queue. But um, yeah, exactly. Even to have some available... The- for- yeah, sorry, the Gareth Brooks frenzy as well. It was used to yeah. get it over the phone. Like there was other ways okay. to do it that it wasn't like over yeah. a landline number. The yeah. only thing I'll say about Copley is they do have the infinity tickets. So those uh-huh. are a group of tickets that they make available at a very affordable price for 20 euro. Okay. Um, and they only release those closer to the concert okay. dates. Now that creates another issue because how are you supposed to book accommodation? Well, I, I wanna, the accommodation is a completely different conversation. Yeah. We could be here all day talking about this. But another um, singer this July was Lana Del Rey and she announced um, her concert just days before, after Glastonbury and then the following Friday she was in Dublin. I have a funny thing about, you know, when is Taylor? Next year? Taylor is June, next July. Yeah, t- yeah June 28th And the same with Coldplay. Year. It's kind yes. of revving up a bit of must get there, must get to that event. Oh, it's of a frenzy. It is it's a, a frenzy. frenzy. Absolutely yeah. frenzy. And people are spending like, I adore Taylor so I have, you know, sort of made peace with the fact that I spent a lot of money I'd probably be spending the same amount of money that I could on a holiday uh-huh. or a short break to go up to Dublin to see Taylor Swift. To get accommodation and to get to accommodation get and, and for tickets. Yeah, and then added on the cost of food and transport. Yeah. So I wonder if Lana Del Rey, what she did is the way to go in that you were told she's coming in three days, you buy a ticket maybe hotels don't have time to react then. But it also causes mass hysteria. So I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, I have to get Coldplay tickets too. But I don't even listen to Coldplay. <gasps> no, I oh. am so the like, I swear <laughs> Thank to you God. for admitting that. I, am I was so like, the oh, ex- there'll be so much fun. I am the exact opposite of that. I'm like, ooh, what is this mass hysteria? This is not for me. <laughs> yeah, that's the cynic in me though. Maybe so it's did because... Did you get your Coldplay tickets? No, I didn't. I got a, I got a pre-sale code. I sent it, it on to somebody else um, because I wasn't going to use it, they ended up not getting one and then all was lost. The next pre-sales were on the next day and God knows what else. So no, I didn't get it on the general sale either on Friday. Now I have to say I've seen Coldplay at both Glastonbury and Oxygen back in the day and they are they are phenomenal. I'd say they're, they put on an yeah. incredible And talking show. about climate anxiety, they have really thought about climate change when it comes mm. to the way that they bring their transport and how they operate their whole show. The time that they came a couple of years ago I knew a friend of mine that was uh, had absolutely no interest got a ticket last minute and said oh feck it I'll go to Coldplay for the crack and I asked him how was it he said I had one of the nights yeah. of oh, my yeah, life yeah. <laughs> yeah. didn't Amazing. even like them so there you go lots of anxiety this month and uh, <laughs> that was the month that was 
hopefully August will be a bit better for it and uh, no more tickets come out because M- Michelle just I'm, our bank anymore. balances can't go <laughs> Michelle is both broke oh, I, and in a ball on the floor after the whole Taylor, <laughs> Taylor. thing lining up for Letcher <laughs> picnic tickets in September though hey. oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle when they talked about Taylor pre-sale I've told you this already you were the first person I thought of thank you yeah and my friend said oh gosh a ticket and I was like Michelle Michelle <laughs> did Michelle get a ticket <laughs> She did. I said if I even got one, I'd actually give it to me. Oh, Jolene. <laughs> Thanks, girl. Bye. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102 103. I'm delighted to be uh, here today on the banks of the Barrow for the official opening for the first section of the Southeast Greenway this morning. It's really positive to see such a festival atmosphere here in New Ross this morning. The first phase of the South East Greenway opened in New Ross last Tuesday. I'm delighted to be back in Wexford. I was here earlier on in the summer at Our, our Ladies Island uh, where I said this phase will be open by the summer so it's good to see uh, it happen. That's Jack uh, Chambers, TD, Minister of State at Department of Transport and the Department of Environment, Climate and Communications carrying out the official opening on Tuesday. This section of the Greater Greenway stretches for six kilometres into neighbouring County Kilkenny and it's hoped that the new Greenway will provide the local community with an environmentally friendly method to commute to work and attract visitors to the region, boosting the local economy. Rachel from Beat News headed to the Greenway opening in Euros this week and met up with Sean Moore from Sleeve Roo and Barrow Bikes, which he opened three years ago and has seen go from strength to strength. Uh, we have been in Euros for three years now. Uh, we started off in a little place in Priory Street uh, doing bike uh, repairs after kind of COVID. Um, and then uh, we outgrew that premises. Then we just got so busy that we moved to the uh, Ross Birkin premises that we're in now. So, uh, yeah, doing everything, sales, um, repairs, accessories, anything you want, bike-wise, we do it. Brilliant. And do you think your business will start picking up now even more so with the addition of the Greenway? Absolutely. Look, it's, not, it's definitely not going to hurt. Um, we're very busy, as I said, at the minute anyway, as it is. But uh, it'll be absolutely fantastic for the whole town. Um, like Every business in New Ross will, will see a massive impact from, from the Greenway. And um, if, it, if Dungarvan is anything to, to go by, we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a great few years ahead. Uh, uh, Councillor Joe Frisby. Well, look at uh, Sean just took the bull by the horns. I suppose he, he, he knew his trade first and foremost. He, he came up through uh, cycling and uh, he was uh, he was a professional cycler at one stage. He represented Ireland. So, like, look at, he saw the niche there and he opened uh, three or four years ago here in New Ross and he's had to move into a new premises. We're just looking across at it here now. So to any young person that is interested, there's a business development manager for the Greenway and uh, any uh, ideas or opportunities are welcomed. And uh, I'm sure, like, feasibility study be carried out but like look at there is huge opportunity as can be seen from Barrow Bikes and Sean uh, it's, a, um, it's a great success story and I, I, I'm sure and I know he'll go on from strength to strength like you know so Fantastic and what do you think this extension onto the Greenway will bring to the people of South Kilkenny? It's just going to give them so much. Look, it'll t- it, first and foremost, it'll take us off our roads. It'll get more people off off road and uh, cycling, and uh, which is actually healthier and it's good for everyone. And it's uh, uh, lowering emissions and carbon footprint. It's it's absolutely huge. And I think it's it's a great. It will be when it's fully opened. It'll be a great corridor to have from Sleeve Rue, uh, to from Ferrybank Sleeve Rue, Glenmore to New Ross. We see this, uh, the the success of the Water Greenway and villages like Kilmac Thomas, which was rejuvenated completely. And Dungarvan is just a boom town now. But it's all New Ross will probably end up as one of those places. And hopefully, the villages along the way that I mentioned, Sleeve Rue and Glenmore, will prosper from it as well. And locals will. That's what it's all about: giving back the community, getting something back. 
from the money that we spend on these uh, inf this infrastructure. Like you know what I mean? So it can only be a win-win for everyone, I think. I'm Fran Ronan, Sports Arts Wexford Local Sports Partnership here in Wexford, County Wexford. Uh, so our remit is around increasing participation for all ages and all, all abilities. Uh, so. Um, in Niros here, it's our community activity hub and we're, we're very involved in working towards setting up the infrastructure of programmes here with the Greenway. So um, it's around that increasing the participation around physical activity for everybody and having an amenity like this really absolutely... Uh, I think you can't really describe what this is going to bring to, to the town and the county. So, and both counties, like Kilkenny and Northside, so it would be great. Fantastic. And what do you think some of the main benefits will be of having a greenway like this on your doorstep? I think it's access. You know, access to the public and the schools at any time in the year. Uh, I know when it was being built, people were uh, walking on it. Um, and I think they realised how beneficial it would be. And also it, it brings that attraction to the town. Um, it will enhance what already has great attractions in terms of parks and areas to, to actually be physically active, but also enjoy the nature, enjoy the history here. And, you know, we have a great relationship. We work within this county council, so we're very lucky. We've got programmes with the libraries, which will link with this as well. So walking programs as well as cycling programs so fantastic and what would you say to anyone who's trying to get involved a bit more in the community and wants to get a bit more active i think what you have to do is look out there you know just outside your door um you know we we try and enhance that and if anybody looks at our uh, facebook pages and twitter pages that's where we do our main publications of all of our um, programs but also within the libraries and if you have a group older adults or anyone like that just getting in touch with us at Sports Active, um, you know, any time that we can run something, then we will. We've got our Fun in the Sun camps coming up uh, around Wexford, um, the one here in New Ross, which is free uh, for 7 to 13 year olds, um, and one in Duncannon in this area, and then we'll be in Wexford, I remember now, Court Town, Enniscorthy, and Bunclody, so we have eight camps to run. In the coming weeks, starting next week. Brilliant, and they're for free, completely they're free, free, totally free. Um, seven to thirteen, we have rugby. Uh, our partners, rugby, let's rugby. Sorry, uh, the FAI, uh, Wexford GAA, plus tennis and cricket, and our own staff. Uh, we have boxing and, and just a, a couple of hours of just getting active and enjoying, hopefully, but in sun. <laughs> Some great news for New Ross this week at the opening of that section of the Greenway from New Ross to Glenmore. The first part to be opened of the 24 kilometres of the South East Greenway. Once it's fully completed, it will run along an old railway line from the quays of Waterford City to New Ross. And ultimately, it will be connected to the Waterford Greenway itself. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. And we are going to head to Australia because the FIFA Women's World Cup has been historic for Ireland. Their first World Cup championship and the first ever goal in the Women's World Cup for Ireland versus Canada last week and the first Olympico in Women's World Cup history from Captain Katie McCabe. And yes, I did have to look up what the Olympico was and that is a goal scored directly off a corner kick without touching another player. Well, uh, apart from that, it hasn't been a great run for Ireland, of course. But another match tomorrow playing Nigeria at 11am our time. Taking it all in has been Julie Gartland from County Waterford. She is, joins us this morning to tell us more. Hello. 
Hi, Orla. Thank you so much for having me. And no hello bother. from Down Under. Hello from... No, tell us your story because when I saw your Instagrams about being at the match, I was like, look at her on a holiday. But you've, you, you have just moved to Australia. Yes, literally have been here just over a week, which is amazing. We got to immerse ourselves in the Irish community in Perth already. So um, my boyfriend and I moved over to Perth along with half of the Irish population between the ages of what, 20 to 30, to be honest. Um, so we just landed and within three days of landing in Perth, we got to welcome the Irish team at the airport. And then five days into landing in Perth, we got to to show our support for them. So it was wow. a great way to introduce ourselves to the city already. And, and what's it been like? Has there been lots of Irish around welcoming the girls in and, and the players in? Or What has the vibe been like in Perth? It's been so amazing and it really feels like a home away from home because we went to the airport on, on Sunday and the girls had just arrived from Sydney to Perth and we arrived probably 10 minutes before they were to walk through the gates and greet everyone and I believe there was about 400 Irish people in the airport alone just wishing them well and with that the amount of Irish accents around the place was very comforting because you had the likes of Mayo and Waterford and Dublin and Donegal you had all four corners of, of Ireland present at the airport on Sunday so um, yeah it's just been magnificent seeing how we are a small nation compared to other countries but no matter where we are we're all out in force to support our own. What a way to start your visa in Australia. Isn't it? I know we're so lucky we really couldn't have come at a better time and uh, with the amazing match that was on on Wednesday we are so just grateful to have experienced it. Uh, Kate McCabe's goal was the highlight personally mm. because we had a front row seat watching her score that goal, which I actually didn't realise there was a specific name for it. Yeah, so I you're teaching me here too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the internet is teaching me to tell you the truth, Julie. And was it easy to get tickets yeah. then? Well, you know what? We're very lucky because my boyfriend's sister who lives here, she secured the tickets, but I believe that tickets were very hard to come by. The Irish in Perth Facebook Facebook group, um, I saw a lot of people begging others to sell their tickets so that they could gain access to the match. But uh, on Wednesday, there was a good few empty seats at the stadium, which okay. was very confusing. I, I don't know, did people just not show up because of the weather, which is so Irish, but it was lashing rain here. It's currently the middle of winter, so it's... It's fairly nippy, dare I say, in Australia. I thought I'd never say that in my life. And tell me, are you getting used to the fact that you're in, in the middle of winter when you should be in summertime over here in Ireland? You know what? It was hard to leave Ireland because we left when the sun was still shining. I know that the weather hasn't been the best at the moment. And quite frankly, the weather in Perth is very similar to at home. It started belting down rain during the match. And that's been the weather here for the last few days. When we landed in Perth um, Friday week, Friday of last week, it was beautiful. The sun was shining. But um, it's been, yeah, a bit of a wake up call because, as I said, when we left Ireland, the sun was shining. So I thought Australia is always sunny and it's <laughs> evidently not. <laughs> You've been watching so, too much Home and Away. I think so. But you know what? It's actually very comforting. I was only saying that I love the rain because we travelled on our way here to Perth and we went to Paris and Rome and Abu Dhabi and Singapore and it was so hot in each place that I was delighted that the temperatures are like nine degrees at night and we need our big the North Face jacket on us to, to wrap up warm all the same. 
<laughs> well, I'm glad you brought it with you. And I'm really glad to hear that there's so much positivity and support for the girls in green. And do you get the feeling in Perth that there is a World Cup going on in general, not just that Ireland are playing? Is it something that Australia and New Zealand, especially Australia where you are, has embraced this as a, a big tournament? For sure, yeah. Like when you're walking through the city, there's banners up and there was an area in Perth City that Ireland had put up a poster saying, come on, you girls in green. Um, So different areas of Perth have been representing the World Cup in their own way. And I know in Sydney, they did an amazing initiative on the beach where they got loads of people to spell out, come on, you girls in green, Koi uh, game on the beach and took a drone shot of that. So I think every location is doing their own spin on it, but everyone is celebrating together for sure. Brilliant. And Australians, do you see that they're really supporting their teams too? Do you see a lot of Australian flags around? Yeah, for sure. But funnily enough, there was a few people in green around the stadium there on Wednesday and you would assume they're Irish. But when they started talking, they had Australian accents. So I'm sure that they have a mum or dad or someone is Irish. So they're not just supporting Australia. They're very supportive of Ireland as well, which is very nice to see. Yeah, it's funny when I was watching the first match against Australia, you could hear all the ole, ole, ole's and we can only just assume that they were the Irish supporters because it's such an Irish way to go on in a match. Isn't it? And I think I was afraid of losing my voice, to be honest, um, after the match because we were trying to scream as loud as we can for the girls, especially with the amount of Irish people there. I think they could have heard us from the city centre at this stage. <laughs> Everyone was really gathering around to show who's in town, you know. <laughs> and we are definitely in town. Oh, it's brilliant. And it's so great to see this for uh, women's sport as well, to see it getting so much support. And um, tomorrow is the last match, really. We're out, really, aren't we? Yeah, unfortunately. But you know what? At least we can have our heads held high. It's our first time. We know we'll come back stronger than ever, I think. It's just evident of how passionate the girls truly are. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to keep up to date with their own training on their own Instagram and all of that too. Good stuff. And yourself then, how's the job hunt going and what are you hoping to do out there? Good. So uh, the job hunt we've been settling now for the last few days. It's funny. I think the reality of um, moving abroad is that there are a lot of things to do setting up a bank account and all of that so um you know it's going I'm going to try document it now on my own social media because I want to be someone who people can you know live through nearly to see how moving to Australia is um so uh hopefully I'll have an update for you very soon with all of that but I think that I appreciate uh the way the world is so small and um you know people are there to help support each other with uh Irish in Perth I keep giving that Facebook page um a shout out but you know if any jobs are popping up they're kind of put on that page which is really really nice so okay good stuff and uh, did you choose Perth in particular because your boyfriend had family members there was that important to you oh for sure yeah I'm definitely a family person and um I think that because uh, Daniel's sister Catherine has been here for 15 years, it was very important that we got to come over and live close to her for a while. She has two little boys, Connell and Killian, and um, just to experience life with them. And obviously it's it's 
much easier having family in a location because we feel we have a bit of guidance and advice on areas and you know jobs and all that too but um who knows where we'll go we're very open-minded and I think this is just the start of our adventure now which is really exciting oh I have terrible FOMO well enjoy every minute of it I think it's such an experience of a lifetime to get to Australia and especially to see the record breaking and, and, and moment in history when Ireland gets to the FIFA Women's World Cup for the first time playing Nigeria tomorrow 11 o'clock kick off our time Julie, you can follow Julie on Instagram. She's Julie Gartland. As she said, she's going to document her Australian experience and she's only in at the start of it, just six days into it. Best of luck with everything, Julie. And thanks a million for joining me this morning. And thank you, Orla, for having me. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Across the southeast, it is Beat 102-103 on this Sunday morning. And guess what? There is more in the cinema than Oppenheimer and Barbie. And one of those things is Mission Impossible. I feel sorry for Tom Cruise. Yeah, we're, we're kind of going back a week because we kind of got so caught up in, in Barbie and Oppenheimer. But it's still there. We're still on Mission Impossible. And you know, if you're on the roll of heading to the cinema, if that's your thing now, because for many years it's been no one's thing, keep going. Do yeah. Mission Impossible. And it's absolutely a cinema movie as well. Yeah, and, and poor old Tom Cruise. You carry out one of the most dangerous stunts of your career and yet all top people talk about is Ryan Gosling as Ken in yeah, Barbie. Yeah, he's, he's me though. He's he's me. He's literally me though. Why is he literally you? He's literally me. The hair, the same Everything. hair. Everything, we're just the same. All right, the stunts that you carry out here. Everything. Okay, yeah. Well, it's five years since our last Mission Impossible experience and in fact, I remember a whole beat night where we went to this all-you-can-eat cinema experience I wasn't invited to this you can have whatever you want here and wow did we go crazy uh, it was a good one I can't say that I think yay Mission Impossible is out but I would enjoy it if I went to the cinema do you know the last one that came out was the first one that I saw Oh, I'd, I'd okay. never seen a Mission Impossible movie and I was like wow Whoa. Yeah. this is insane and then I literally went back and watched all of them in preparation so when I saw this I'd be ready like I genuinely so you watch six Mission Impossibles? Yeah, yeah. Wow, you it's, are a professional. Uh, aren't I? You really aren't are. Aren't I just? Well, we've listened to a clip. Go for it. The very end bit is the stunt that we're talking about. There's no sound, but you'll yeah. hear it you when you hear it. You can just imagine it. Yeah, here we go. And we cannot escape the past. Ethan, this mission of yours is going to cost you. The world is changing. Truth is vanishing. War is coming. It's been a long time, friend. You've no idea the power I represent. It knows your story and how it ends. Listen to me. The world's coming after you. His fate is written. Shall we write yours too? If anything happens to them, there's no place that I won't go to kill you. That is written. And there it is. Oh, he's off, he's off. And he's gone. I think you should you should do like the director's commentary. <laughs> it's like this like 
it's like oh the the screen isn't working don't worry Orla's going to describe all the stunts like oh he's driving he's driving he turns around he's driving around the corner look at him oh he crashed into a wall I need to google what age Tom Cruise is I'm not being ageist or anything but he is kind of every time a Mission Impossible comes out the whole PR conversation that goes along with it is yeah the fact that he does his own stunts. He's 61. Yeah. Very used to him. And, he's, it's, and he absolutely does his stunts. Like, he did that. He drove off a cliff, like, on a bike. I think they ruined, like, four bikes, but they drove off a cliff on a bike, jumped off and parachuted oh, off. And I presume a mattress or something at the end. No, he, he, I think, I don't know if he, la- he hardly lands on a moving train, like, <laughs> as much as, like, he would. He absolutely would. Um, he, but like there's this weird thing with Tom Cruise movies where you can feel the action uh-huh. it's not a thing that happens in a lot of movies you yeah, can't true. like feel every like jump and, and the wind you can feel the wind when they're on the train you're yes. like you're like scared you mm. know it's like it's James Bonzi or Bonzi James bon- Bondi even James Bist, oh the famous spin off James Bonzi James Bonzi uh, Australia yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's 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 a unique thing like Mission Impossible is just completely different it's and last time we talked about Tom Cruise was for Top Gun which yeah. was last summer yeah like very different beasts but obviously the two movies that he's so well known for yeah the Mission Impossibles and two Top Guns at this stage well yeah the two seven Mission yeah I was about to say it's like there's just yeah but um, yeah it's, it's, it's Christopher McQuarrie again so he's the fellow that actually did Top Gun Maverick as well last year so, so this is five years on it is a sequel to the last one that I went to see in the cinema but I've apart from a car blowing up that's the only memory I have of that Mission Impossible that still sound like that kind of Mission yeah. Impossible right? there's like a famous scene where there's a massive fight sequence in a, in a bathroom yes. with Henry Cavill as yes, well yes that's it um, but this like it's, it's, it's so full of stars but it's like it's not the ones that you'll be like they're at box office draws. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. just they got really good people. Mm-hmm. Simon Pegg in there, Rebecca yeah. Ferguson, who is brilliant. Um, and other names I don't really Hayley, recognize Hayley Hayley Atwell, 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 I know. Uh, mm. Vanessa Kirby is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Palm Clementif is in Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. She's, oh, what's her name in Guardians of the Galaxy? Can't remember. Okay. But uh, it's Mantis. She's Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy. So this is called Dead Reckoning Part 1 and it has the you know, the the conversation of the 2020s, a little bit of artificial intelligence in here. Yeah, well, it's it's a funny thing because it came out just as the, the strikes were happening. Okay. And it's basically all about like, how AI mm. is taking over. Mm-hmm. And how it was like, ironic. Yeah, but then it was also there was the irony of Tom Cruise was trying to get an exception out of the strike so he could promote the movie. And it was like, you're literally making a movie about AI and you won't mm. strike with the AI. Need but the room, Tom. Yeah, but uh, look, he, he, he apparently he was involved in the negotiations a few months ago as well okay. so he, don't worry he's, he's standing up for it so where are we what are we up to basically it's 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 like you were saying it's this AI thing that's kind of just taking over and it just has complete control of like everything has complete mm-hmm. control of every piece of intelligence it can simulate people's voices and everything and what that that's causing is something really honestly really cool because they have to get rid of all the digital equipment and go back to analog stuff so like there's many situations where AI completely messes them up. It's always one step ahead, which is crazy because normally in in Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise and Ethan Hunt is all as always one step ahead. And is AI a visible thing, or is it an entity they speak about? Because I think an awful lot of people are confused by what AI is, and when you think about it, it's almost that robot with a Clarice voice, almost. Yeah. So, so what is it in Mission Impossible? Imagine it's just. A crazy amount of code, like Ugh. just involved in everything. It's just, okay. like, it's, it's. But that's the thing. It's, it's literally like while Ethan Hunt lives in the shadows, mm. 
This is the shadow. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like, oh, that sounds deep. That sounds that sounds like a movie no, no, poster. Yeah, I'm good with that, yeah. Uh like it, it is it's everywhere. Like it's on your phone. They can't use phones. They can't be anywhere where there's cameras. Like uh when they're hacking into cameras, like people that, that work for the AI are getting like live like edited out because like that's what it's doing. It can like it's so clever. So they have to go back to old school stuff. Like it's so it's going back to Mission Impossible's roots as well, which is really cool. Okay. Understandable the whole way through, or does it get confusing in that sense? Absolutely understandable. Okay, it's I'm literally a case of sometimes they have to get a key, and something whatever. Like they have to get a key, they go after the key. What happens? They get the key or whatever. Do you mean it's like it's nothing like suddenly something swoops back in? It's pretty pretty straight up. But it is. It's also a part one, which is also seems to be the the trend for this year, mm-hmm. like Fast and Furious and Spider Verse. And we will expect um, part two next year. So yeah. we've only twelve months to wait. Hey, you know that really iconic moment in Mission Impossible where he drops down. Yeah. Does he do that again? I I feel I need to expect that in every Mission Impossible where he's in the little wires, a bit like the microphone here. Goes down, he real, down. real low. Real low. Uh, I expect that. He didn't do that. Oh dear. But I think he, like jumping off a cliff and then parachuting. I suppose. It's kind of yeah. Do you know, it's kind of that version of it. I know, but I would. I'd like the strings. I'd yeah. like him to drop down on the ground somewhere. Any subplots? Any love life? Any friendships? So there is like the whole thing is really based on friendships. Like it's like Simon Pegg and Ving Rhames have been in it for years. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a massive Simon Pegg yeah, fan. Simon like Shaun of the Dead, mm. been there since that. Like so, it's 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 really cool to see him in it. But he still gets to be Shaun uh, like Simon Pegg. Like you know, he gets to be kind of like sarcastic and fun as well. It's not just always like. Serious, like it's it's a serious movie, but also it feels so realistic, like you know. Mm. But uh, it's it's I don't know. It's 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 one I think you kind of have to see in the cinema realistically. Oh yeah, totally. Hundred percent rewatchable then as well. Will we black pudding it? Yeah, let's do I, it. I give it like a nine, honestly. Oh. Yeah, I really liked it. Okay. Yeah. When did you see this? About two weeks ago. Okay, so you've seen many of the big hitters since. Yeah. Well, Is it up there with them? It, it it's definitely knocking on the door. Okay. Like I my my top three of the year is still Super Mario Brothers, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Barbie. Ah. But right. uh, it's 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 very near to it. Do okay. you know what I mean? It is still in cinemas. It will be for the next few weeks, I would say, because it's one of those big hitters of the summer. And um, the seventh in the Mission Impossible franchise would we call it a franchise or a series I ah, presume a it's a yeah, franchise we'll call it that it's called Dead Reckoning Part 1 which sounds like a horror but it's not a horror no. uh, if you want to watch Tom Cruise do, do that stunt with no mattress underneath that yeah. is the movie to go and see Nine or his description isn't there by the way just when you watch the movie there's no just think of me yeah. when you're seeing him launch himself off the cliff there he goes there he goes how unimpressed Orla was with the whole situation <laughs> ah. you see I'd, I'd happily watch that because there's no violence in it but in a lot of Mission Impossible's I do watch it with my hand up to my eyes ah it's not that bad. I just don't like the violence okay. 9 Black Puddings out of 10 Brian thank you very much no bother at all The Sunday Grill on Beat 102 103